Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Journeyman Improv Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Shope. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Today, I've got a very special guest, someone I'm very stoked to have in the uh, studio today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Lish Bliss. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> she brought her soundboard, too. <laughs> but the soundboard is only her noises she made, so. I brought a dog as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's already good radio. <laughs> we have a sound effects thing. Uh, cool. So, Lish, thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks, Joey. Uh, Lish is, uh, we're, we're taking MI Westside together. Oh, yeah. At the same time. Uh, this is like, uh, not to make this immediately about me, but, um, <laughs> I started taking uh, classes again at MI Westside, despite already graduating from, like, iOS and UCB and all this kind of stuff, and, like, you know, uh, but I, I wanted to go back and, like, just get some more training, and what I forgot about with like a training program is like all the students that you end up getting really close with and bonding with a lot. Oh, totally. Because like that's 100% happened in our class. And like, yeah, I've you're a your, team leader. Uh, oh, <laughs> mm, uh, I've had, I mean, if I'm team leader, cause I have to explain to our substitutes like, yeah, we're always like this. Then yes, I guess I am. I am the team leader. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Sure. You will, uh, you are like leader of the pack by allowing us to just be, I don't know. You stay grounded. And um, I don't know why you're team leader, actually. Yeah. I have no idea. I think I said one thing in class. I'm like, that's enough. <laughs> he can, he's in charge. Oh, yeah. And you do everything perfectly. And oh, you, no. Stop it. And and you could, like, teach the class, too. Stop probably. it. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I'll keep going? No. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean by stop it. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, but enough about me. Let's get to you, Lish. So, Lish, what was your very first experience like with improv? <clears throat> Well, uh, oh, so I, you know, I really grew up in, <laughs> my family's not funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, when you meet them, they're funny, but like, we're not, f- they're not funny people. Yeah. They're um, not choosing to be funny. They don't know what like jokes are. Yeah. Um, I mean, they know what like blue humor is. They'll yeah. make a joke about, you know, a cow shitting. I don't know. If, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> as long as a cow is related to it, we're fine. <laughs> um, uh, it's like just some dirty jokes because we are on a farm. Mm-hmm. But one thing that we did all bond over was um, whose line is it anyway? That's mm-hmm. and, and honestly, my family doesn't think I'm funny too. They just think I'm weird and don't know um, how to mm-hmm. take anything that I say. Yeah. Um, but whose line is it anyway? We all bonded on. We all thought was funny, and that's like still one of my all-time favorites. If I'm feeling down, I'll like just YouTube yeah. some good old uh, Ryan and Colin Mockery and yeah. just all of that. There's just, um, there's just good mixes of like yeah. best of like um, like what scenes from a hat. I've definitely put those on. Like like an, it's like an hour long compilation too, and I'm like that's no problem with me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but then after that, I I really didn't have much um, comedy. Going on, I went to a theater conservatory. Um, I did plays growing up. We didn't really do much improv. It's super small town. Mm-hmm. My school was in a f- cornfield, um, so <laughs> the, I, I was on a farm. So there was not much comedy growing up. Mm-hmm. Chicago is like four, four and a half hours away. Right. Um, but people don't know about that. There's comedy in Chicago from where where yeah. I'm from. Um, so moving to LA, I did this theater program and there was an improv class. Was that always going to be the plan though? Was to move to LA? Um, no, I just, I didn't have a plan. I wanted more. I think LA or New York is where people go and like, I don't have a plan. Let me just go here and we'll figure the rest (laughs) of it out. No, no, no. Here's the thing. I was going to these like modeling and acting conventions because I did 
love acting. Yeah. It, even though, um, oh God, our high school was like the worst. <laughs> um, what plays did you guys do? Oh, my very first play was Oklahoma. Perfect. Oklahoma, when the wind yeah. comes, we've been down the... And then, um, oh... We did um, the one. The Crucible? Like, I imagine, what's like, what's, <laughs> no. I'm trying to think of like what's hacky high school. Ooh, um, the one with the blind deaf girl. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, fuck. Holy shit. I keep wanting to say um, the woman, the Jewish woman who wrote the diary, Anne Frank, but that's not it. It's, I know. Uh, that's what, the, what that was going to yeah. my head, too. Oh, fuck. And now then I want to say Jane Eyre, but that's another play, but that's also a book. <laughs> Helen Keller. Helen Keller. But the name of the play is something, but it was dealing with Helen, Helen Keller. Dealing with her. Yeah. <laughs> Putting up with her. I mean, it was, she was the star. Um, and our drama teacher, oh, awful woman. Really awful. Yeah. Um, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Mm. Um, <laughs> we mostly market it like, This you know. is a huge, uh, huge podcast. Yeah. Um, that. Uh, people in small town Wisconsin uh, definitely. <laughs> That's who we to. mostly market yeah, yeah. to. Um, uh, she was awful, and she chose plays for her like pet pet teachers, pet students. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah. Um, and then we did a weird Halloween one, and I don't know. It was not that big, but I. So, I, so you always liked acting. You were going to these modeling conventions, and I got an agent in New York, a, mo- mm. a modeling agent. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> And then I also at these conventions met um, met an acting coach, and he was based in LA. So I I was going to college for I was just like jumping in the hamster everybody's hamster wheel, yeah. just doing what everybody did, and I just was not happy. I was not happy at all, and I decided, you know, uh, fuck it. I'm going to go to L.A. because mm-hmm. uh, New York is too intimidating and mm-hmm. too expensive because we sold a cow for me to be in um, a, <laughs> a beauty pageant. Uh, <laughs> You're like something out of a fucking book. Like, what a sentence. We sold a cow so we could be in this beauty contest. <laughs> My family didn't have money. So, uh, so you traded I, in livestock. To, <laughs> so, <laughs> to be in a pageant, I had to sell a cow. <laughs> So I was like, well, L.A., it might be a little bit easier. Right. Uh, it's still a big city. But um, but there's this acting coach, and mm-hmm. he has all these connections and is, like, promising. Anyway, so I came out here. Um, but I would say I didn't really get into comedy until a couple years after being in L.A. I was in all of these productions and plays, but um, and then I moved to India for six months, and then I came back. But I was cast in a play. It was a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was cast in a play as a male cowboy. Mm. Now, I was in rodeo, so this was a real treat. Yeah. Um, but from this play, I got nominated for stuff for acting. But also, I was seen by someone that gave me like a full scholarship to do this Chicago-style comedy program. And my teachers were Dave Rosowski, wow. Amy Seeley, and... A- um, Eric Honeycutt. And, and so that, that comedy program was just improv, though. Just improv, yeah. So you kind of go from like the zero to 60 with improv, because oh. if you go to Rizowski, Honeycutt, and uh, who was the third one? Um, James Grace. James Grace. Um, Amy Seeley. Amy Seeley, yeah. yeah. So like to go from like zero to, like that's not, it, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm going to take a drop, or like a drop <laughs> in class, or like a, oh, I'm going to start off from level one, see what happens. That's like, you're getting like the full... Yeah. experience like I, I had immediately. no I, yeah I had no idea 
who these people were. Right. I just knew the most fun I've ever had still to this day in a play was me um, improvise. My director, like, just let me take the reins Mm -hmm. and just do all the things that I love to do. I Mm -hmm. mean, I grew up being, like, the weirdo. Yeah. Like, no and it wasn't even just my family. It was everybody in yeah. our community. Um, I was like second runner up for everything that you vote on in high school, including best buns and like class best clown what? buns. I know it's don't. Okay. It's fine. Um, and so uh, this play is still to this day my favorite thing thing I've ever acted in and I got to be a man and I got to play this amazing character and then I'm just thrown in with Dave Rosowski yeah. and like just from the very first class that I have with him I'm like holy shit this this is actually what is bringing me joy my whole life crashed down like yeah. second year in LA it crashed and that's why I moved to India but then I took a class or I did this intensive yeah. and my mind was blown and I was like all right Improv, comedy, this is this is what I want. This yeah. is totally aligned, aligned with my new philosophy on life. Yeah. It's aligned with everything that I learned in India, <laughs> meditating under with these monks. and Dig it. Yeah. Wow, you did like the full India experience from sitting here and never been to India. You said <laughs> meditating with monks, and I was like, that's India, that's good. Like I was going to become a monk, and then I came back and took class with Dave Rosowski. Um, uh, could not be the more opposite of... <laughs> A monk's teaching in Dave Rosowski. No, Dave Rosowski, uh, his philosophy on improv is honestly totally aligned with a monk's philosophy. Yeah, online. really. Yeah, I guess I'm just I'm I'm guess I'm just uh, disassociating the two only because of the intensity. I guess because yeah. from what I know is Dave Rosowski is a very intense guy. Whereas I feel like an Indian monk would be like, yeah, you know, it's cool, whatever. Well. I mean, you intensely. Right. Uh, well, the place that I went in India, it was all about like intensely okay. um, going into this practice and releasing and uh, surrendering. and. Cool. Dig it. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's really awesome. So you come back, you start doing it. It starts aligning with it. Everything kind of falls into place. Once you get done through the tr- Chicago training program, were you like, well, L.A. has got to have something in terms of improv or was that your next step was going back to L.A. to do improv? Well, I, it technically wasn't in Chicago because I had moved to L.A. To, oh, so it was to, a Chicago training program in L.A.? Yeah. Uh, they, that's what they called it, Chicago-style comedy. Mm. And I was like, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I got a full scholarship. Let yeah. me go through. Where do um, they host that at? They So this first one was through, um, um, uh, I forgot the name of it, Summer Arts. Mm-hmm. CSU Summer Arts? Something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and this one was happening in Monterey. Oh, okay. So I spent a month in Monterey with the, these incredibly talented humans. Right. Um, yeah, and all of them are talented, but I didn't do this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so then in, uh, in L.A., then I was like, and then I got James Grace invited me to just, he said that at any point I could come be an intern and go through the full I.O. program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then so I did. So you're going through the I.O. program. Now, you've kind of gone from, you know, uh, a kind of more intensive month-long thing. And now, where did you did you start at level one at I.O. or did you jump in somewhere else? I, I jumped in two. I think I started in two or three. Well, yeah. So you went from like a month-long thing to like, because I, I, I always say this about iOS, it was, it was seven levels, seven weeks apiece. That's a 49-week commitment. And you're talking like a year commitment of like a training program. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even starting at level two or three, you're, we're still talking like, you know, 40 weeks, maybe like 
35 or whatever. So, like, you go from, like, this month-long crash course, or not necessarily crash course, but a concentrated thing, to now something that's spread out over week to week. Did it immediately feel different, or was it still just, like, this is all just clicking? Um, I mean, I, I felt like it all clicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I was, like, really distracted in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I've taken breaks from everything that I've done. I go in waves. But now... um improv is one of those things that I'm not willing to let go or take a break from. Right. Awesome. Um, but after doing the program, I did take a break from, and then I came back. And so going in from once a week, it was all clicking, um, going from intensive every single day to, to a program. It helped me balance in my life (laughs) because I need to learn balance. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just had incredible teachers going through the program as well. So so now that you're going through a program, because like because like Chicago, because again you're taking a month long intensive, like it. I feel like that's kind of like just like a catch off like a lot of different stuff. Whereas iOS is a like kind of a feeder system, like one level bleeds into the next one, which bleeds into the next one, all leading up to either being on a DCT team, a Herald team, or whatever. Yeah. Did you like that kind of sense of direction in that training program, or was it again just you'll take anything you can get at this point? I. I think it was more so I'm a really go with the flow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think my whole life I've just been kind of go with the flow. Like mm-hmm. coming from a um, like middle of nowhere, moving to L.A., that wasn't a hard adjust- adjustment to me except for the funds. I had no cows to sell out here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was a struggle. But even moving from here to India – there were many cows in the street, but I couldn't sell them because they were just <laughs> not um, your cows. Yeah, they're not my cows. To um, like finally, kind of getting my feet underneath mm-hmm. me. But like, I like to describe myself as adaptable. Yeah. Um, and so I, it's kind of like if that's I love routine. I like it being set for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't have a lot of routine and tend to go with the flow so it's really nice when somebody sets it for me so it was a sense of relief but also I got impatient because I found going through the program I was like oh wow I actually I have some skill yeah. this is interesting yeah um and I I found myself getting so impatient mm-hmm. and frustrated and I remember being in class with um, Douglas Serene and he would he there were multiple times and God bless him he would pull me aside and he's like you know don't let this get to you yeah. this is just a blend like you go create your own teams yeah go be with the people you want to play with yeah and just let this be a little bit of learning to improvise with everybody yeah and and that was like just a huge wake up call and allowed me to be more patient when I yeah. am taking classes. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause like I know I had this going through iOS. Uh, so I, I'm curious about uh, for you as well. Cause you're doing, you, you were doing productions, you're doing acting here and there, you're doing like actual performance stuff. What, when you were in these classes, did you have like the burning desire to perform improv? Oh yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be on a team. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be playing. Oh God. I oh I used to also have these like weekly improv meetups with just random friends and I guess some of them were in improv but this is before I even went through the program yeah. but like once I was at IO I was like god I just want to play I just mm-hmm. want to play all the time and then I was approached uh one night by Josh Spence 
um, to be on an improv team. And I was like, I was looking for one. Yeah. Even though Douglas told me to make my own. Yeah. I was just so flattered that yeah. somebody asked me to be on their team. Um, and I had like missed out on a, a bunch of um, auditions. And it, I was like, I just kept missing auditions to right. be on house teams. And so being approached, I was like, fuck yeah. So I'm... Uh, on the feel good, not bad death laser, and have been for a long time. We just had Josh on last week, so yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can feel his presence. He yeah. was just sitting right there. Josh, wow. <laughs> oh my God, I feel your energy still in this chair. Uh, so you got approached to be on death laser. You got you, you, you graduated the program pretty soon. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. Um, once you graduated through Iowa, because because I, I had this experience in high school, but once you graduated through iOS, you think, oh, that's all improv is only here at iOS, or did you no. start exploring other places as well? Definitely, I. Uh, I mean, I. Um, oh God, I want to. You know, I'll I'll just say like ground. Uh, Io was my home. Yeah. Io, I feel. Um, that's my. That was my community. So yeah. it was really sad um, when it closed down, and actually, I. Um, uh, I, like uh, my team closed down the DCT. My yeah. team was the last team to play in the loft and we were set to be the very last scheduled show and then beer shark mice took it. Oh, for sure. Um, but like I ended up, we ended up having a weekly show there yeah. and I had a weekly show in the DCT. So like I was playing there, I was on another team, but I can't even remember the name. Um, oh, that's God, totally that's fine. So, God, terrible. Um, it doesn't feel like iOS closed down like ten years ago, yeah. and it's only been maybe a year. Has it been a year? I don't know. Like I don't know where. I don't know what I'm going to look at over here. Like um, the a, calendar, an imaginary where we have, yeah. calendar, and it shows a picture of a cow. The yeah. cow that um, I sold. <laughs> um, on to <laughs> bigger and better things. Mm, yes. Uh, like I don't even know if it's been a year since it's closed down. Like you could tell me it's been a year or it's been two, and I'll be like, wow, all right, I believe you. Yeah. Like it like it feels like I feel so disassociated from that moment because it's like I first of all I was like let me just get away from this emotionally because I don't know how to handle this. Yeah. Um and then yeah. Well, it, yeah. I just I go numb. Yeah. I go numb. So I was like For sad sure. and then just numb. Um and and I well before a while ago I had on I, I had auditioned to be on this UCB team mm. and I made it on and then they realized after I had performed with them, that I hadn't gone through UCB. <laughs> Shut up. You're fucking kidding me. That's amazing. <laughs> so, Like, did you know at the audition you had to go through and you're like, let's see if they would, just won't see No, you. I didn't know. You I, didn't know? No. Uh, this is um, uh, someone that I had met thought I went through the program. <laughs> and he was like, oh, audition. We're having auditions for a team. Um, Can I just say that, like, and it's not surprising because I think you're immensely talented to get on a UCB team, but there are people who go through fucking UCB audition after UCB audition and never make it <laughs> after taking class after class after class after class at UCB, Oops. just trudging through it and getting through the program and advanced classes, and then you're like, oh, someone told me to do this, and now I'm on a team. And then, so they, they have to kick you off. They, have, they set they a precedent. They kicked me off. That's fucking insane, I dude. know, like, I know. That is so fucking funny. Uh, it's ridiculous. So I'm like salty at UCB and yeah. I'm like, fuck it. I'm never taking the program. <laughs> um, and then second city, I always thought I would take and I've studied with classes and I've done some workshops there, but I never went through, but groundlings, I also was salty at because, um, it's more character based. You, you made their Sunday company and it turns out you never even like, <laughs> no, I didn't make the Sunday company, but uh, God, 
if only. Um, but I, I, now, I've heard it's being on sending companies like uh, having like a second job that's like 80 yeah, hours a week. For sure. I, I know multiple people that have been on. And actually, my friend Amanda Leanne is mm. on it now. Yeah. Um, and that's her whole that's like her life. <laughs> so I I'm I don't know that I'm ready for that, but I am ready to go through Groundlings now. Yeah. So that will be the next step. But when I.O. closed, um, I had for months been hearing about Westside Comedy Theater. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll take some classes there. But when I.O. closed, I was like, all right, I want to be performing regularly. And yeah. I had a restaurant. I have a restaurant job very close. So I mm-hmm. thought, you know what? It's time to jump on in. And so I with the blessing of some people was able to jump in to 401 mm-hmm. and and that's where I'm at you yeah and Jesse Joseph former guest oh, yes. and uh Josh Nichols who was our teacher was a oh, former guest as well god so yeah you had a lot of you had a lot of OC in that uh in that uh class uh, I, let's take it back to um when you're performing regularly with um the uh Death Laser. I'm not going to do the entire name. Um, do the entire name right now, Feel Joey. good, not bad, Death Laser. You forgot the... Oh, my God. Whatever, <laughs> dude. Like, uh, So at, when you're going to the performing weekly, when you started performing there weekly, um, were you like, now I need another team to start performing more, and then I need another team to start performing more? Or were you satisfied with just the one team for a while? Um, I wasn't satisfied only because we do a very specific specific form called the deconstruction. And there was a point when we were taking it, I mean, not me necessarily, but the team was taking it super seriously. So it took a lot of joy out of playing. Right. And I just love playing. Yeah. Um, and I love um, some goofy things. And I love to organically find new things. And that is a very unbelievably structured yeah. form and kind of deals with some heavy issues um can and now we've relaxed a little bit and created our own deconstruction form and so now i'm enjoying it again but i really did want other teams um oh, douglas serene kept telling me um <laughs> and now he's gone forever and he's no. he's alive he's fine i don't know where he is he's fine i'm sure oh yeah I so hope he's so. making more Ask a Ninja, so. Oh, okay. Do you have no clue what I'm talking about? No. Ask a Ninja was like one of the first big YouTube things, and oh. like I remember seeing it like when I like seven years ago or whatever, and being like, "Oh, this is kind of funny." And then like I think someone else pointed out to me like, "You know, that's Douglas Serene, right?" And I was like, "What?" Like, the, I mean, it was like the, he was doing this back when like YouTube wouldn't pay anybody money, back when YouTube was like just like a place to put videos so he was like one of the first people to create like a series from it wow and then i think it was just like a questionnaire for a ninja <laughs> so i think he was like in a ninja garb i'm pretty sure i might be having a, like a stroke but we, like that's neither here nor there but i'm pretty yeah you like it, you it was called like ask a ninja and like i remember seeing that when i was yeah i'm repeating myself but i saw that it was younger and then i saw Doug serene and then someone pointed the two together and i was like get the fuck out of here but i guess the point of a ninja is he's covered up so you can never tell who it was so. yeah Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, so yeah, he's a, and Doug's also a great improviser, great, really, really smart teacher too. Yeah, um, yeah. I had uh, some people in my class not like him, and I was like, "This guy is phenomenal." I was on the receiving side of the. I think this guy's phenomenal, but I also had people in my class who I don't uh, thought who thought he was weren't the biggest fans of him. Let me put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I guess we all have our own um, 
tastes. But... I have strong opinions a lot about a lot of the teachers I've had in my life. Joey, you have strong opinions about people. Okay. <laughs> that was... I have no foibles. Uh, <laughs> I'm a pure entity on this podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so then where did you find the outlet to perform outside of the, uh, the Death Laser? Uh, do I don't know. Right now, it's um, I was asked to be on another team, um, but now that team, since I.O. closed, um, is no longer. Right. Um, and so right now, I really am only performing on Death Laser every other week at Improv Orphanage, which I'm never at because I work Thursdays. Yeah. And then uh, every other Friday at the Revolution Theater, mm-hmm. um, usually with Paul Valencourt's um, Man vs. Movie. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's like my playing right now, and I'm just dying for more play. Yeah. And so it's really nice to be in this class with you. Oh, for sure. And we have a show today, and so I'm finding a lot of joy, like playing yeah. every and learning and refining my skills. And yeah, um, yeah. So because I think this is an interesting perspective that both of us share. Is we we came to this MI Westside class with tons of experience behind us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we have people in the classes that this is their fourth class ever. You know, or, or <laughs> sorry, I guess fifth class now. This is like their fifth class yeah. ever. Or like, you know, when we met, it was their fourth class ever. So, like, when you are in that position, how, like, is it night and day compared to when you first started taking classes? Or is the excitement still there? Like, what, like, how, what's the feel, what's the general feeling of starting? A training program now at this point in your journey with your uh, with your improv stuff and versus when you first started um confidence mm-hmm. i think there's confidence but there's still excitement to like get better um there's excitement to like when i can masterfully play with someone that isn't experienced like that's a sign that i'm growing mm-hmm. um and so there's still like frustration there's still um a, a, a number of things but uh, but there is still excitement because I'm still growing. And there's also excitement because I can't wait to be on a team. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> so I cross my fingers. Yeah. Um, but that's why I went to uh, Westside so that I could get on a regularly playing team and also keep growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking class, it's more of um, like, yeah, I probably know a lot of yep. this, but it's good to work it out yeah. and it's good to play with people that I have never played before. Because uh, you, because we've also, this class is like, we're the biggest group of fucking weirdos on the planet. <laughs> I love it. But like, this class has never felt like another class of mine before. Like with iOS, with UCB, the problem with, because you've never been, so I'll tell you the problem with UCB, like the training program is, I took, you know, the cl- levels there, but I never had someone who was in my previous class. Someone in my level two was, I, yeah, nobody in my level one was in my level two, was not in my level three, because they just have so many people. Oh, my God. And I was taking it back to back at that time. But iOS, you know, usually I'd have about like half new people, half people who are returning. I feel like that would be a challenge to not have some familiarity. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. UCB. Okay. That explains some things. <laughs> I love that. No, no, that's fine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I, my, yeah, when that's I say interesting. That, that, when I say the problem, it's not really a problem. It's, it's, a good, it's a good problem to have that they yeah. have so many students that when I went through, I didn't have a single repeat customer who was in like any of my classes. Where, again, I said iOS, about half and half. MIOS yeah. said we had two new people, but even then, they like I think we met them at the jam or whatever. Yeah. Um, so all of which to say, what is it? 
like is it because there's some people in the class that have more experience but like what what draws a class together like that because some I've had other Jesse Joseph had has had classes that got really close together too. I've, I've had a lot of friends who's had classes that got really really close together. But like is it just random happenstance? Was there like some chemistry that was involved? Like did we me and Jesse knew each other? Was that like something comfortable? Like why is this class so damn comfortable with each other so fast? Uh, I that is that's a great question. What I know about myself is like mm-hmm. where I move in, like I move into apartments. I get to know my neighbors, whether or not they like it, and they tend to like it. Um, I like know all of my neighbors. I become right. friends. I create all of these relationships. I love to um, bond with the people around me. And I think, yeah, you and Jesse had some previous connection uh, before class. But I think there's this general, uh, and for me, I'm just like, hell yeah, let's all hang out. Hell yeah, yeah let's um, further this bond. I'm, I don't know. What, what is it? Um, it feels normal for yeah. me, but I know that it's weird for other people. Yeah. Um, and this tends to happen. I just, in my life, tend to pull people in yeah. that are in the world around me. Because I feel, inc- I mean, like, I I know I'm not actually that close with everybody in the class, but I feel incredibly yeah. close a lot of like Shahrazad with like um, Laura, like all these people, like because we went to your party as well. So like, which yeah, we- you drove from Orange County to Tarzana for my party. Yeah, oh. dude, I love you. Yeah, we played Clue. That's the oh only thing God. I remember. <laughs> Um, I love Clue. I love Clue, too. That was a good game. Um, cool. I can't believe so many people guessed wrong. I know. I know. Uh, I won. <laughs> I won. <laughs> For the record. For the record. Uh, cool. Dig it. So so this, this we're in this class together. We're, we're doing a show today. Uh, certainly has been a, a really cool experience working with you. So I, I would like to get a little bit more into the philosophy side of this program. Oh, uh, this yeah, is right. almost like, what is it called? Bippity bippity bop. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting like anxious just so everybody knows yeah. that um, improv warm up gets me so tense. I don't like it. Yeah. What? <laughs> That wasn't. Ins- uh, what's crazy to me is that people don't know that game. Do you have one of those where like, people you do a warm up like, oh, let's do this warm up, and then like no one knows what it is. Like, oh, I'm sorry, never mind. Because that's what baby baby bop is. I did this in, when I was 14 in high school. Like, I did that exercise a shit ton. Wow. Yeah. Um. Well, this uh, last uh, the where we did it, that was yeah. the first time I've ever done it. Right. That's that's crazy to me. Yeah. There are so many improv games. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is like also if you ever done short form, there's like a thousand names for the same game or whatever. True. Like yeah. line line is pocket lines is uh, like divine line. It's uh, people from Harvard. I did the show with people, like kids from Harvard, and they came out to do like an improv tour. Wow. And I was like, I hate everybody here. Uh, <laughs> no, they were nice. They were nice enough, but they called it like Pantheon or whatever. Of course. And I'm they like, did. Harvard, come on. Oh, Harvard. Yeah. I'm so glad you guys are spending forty thousand dollars a year to. Oh my god! Do Recreate improv. the names of improv yeah. games. Yeah, and they were they were pretty good. But they I mean. might have sold a bunch of cows. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how many cows? Okay, can we do the math of like what the beauty hasn't cost? How many cows that would cost to go to Harvard? No, I'm kidding. Oh um, my god. Uh, so for you, um, when you're doing a show, is that show more for you, the performer, or is it more for the audience? Oh, I, it's totally. It's selfishly for me. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, however, I the one of the reasons getting into, like, acting um, 
for me was to be able to, um, I guess, um, be a catalyst for healing in others mm-hmm. by touching on these things mm-hmm. inside ourselves. So um, I find a lot in my improv, there are, I've had many times where I've had the audience cry and laugh in like within a 30 second period. And that brings me a lot of joy. So I, I, there is a small intention for it being for the audience right. to like play, laugh and heal um, comedy is so healing. Comedy, like, oh God, it changed my whole life. Right. Because high school, not middle school, high school was the worst for me. Really? My middle school was a fucking garbage town. Ugh, garbage was trash. Total trash high school. Um, but you got second place for best fun. Uh, best buns. <laughs> I was also I feel like, like I'm an insane person when I'm saying those words coming out of my mouth. You know, best buns. Yeah. It's in, in my. Uh, I mean, I they didn't print the best buns. The second, the runner up in the. Well, obviously <laughs> the they wouldn't. You only get best buns in a yeah, yearbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why would that be even a cat? I'm sorry. Like I feel like I'm in. Like I feel like this I'm in the is a small zone. town. Like just. Which I guess is somehow worse because, like, I guess it's not like the Me Too movement wasn't there yet. Right. I don't know. We can judge people on buns, um, but high school. Oh God, it doesn't matter. High school was traumatic, um, and so comedy in high school actually saved my life. This inspirational speaker that used comedy, and he ta- like taught me l- l- laughing, like just you got to learn to laugh at yep. it, um, and so. Yeah, so selfishly, I'm doing uh, improv, I'm doing comedy, I'm doing acting even for my own healing. Mm-hmm. But with that, my there is an intention of right. like allowing others to feel human as well as laugh. Laughter is, is medicine, and that I do know. I always talk about because I, I, I feel very similarly as well as you do. But I always mention, it's like, yeah, but the byproduct of us being on stage doing improv for ourselves is an entertained audience. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's the intentional byproduct. Yes. Um, for sure. Like, I always talk about this with, like, classes and stuff, teaching or, or, or if I'm coaching or whatever. It's like, look, you know, your audience might say that they're here to laugh. But they're really here to feel something. They're really here to, like, you know, get emotionally engaged with what's going on on stage. Laughter is just a way to express that emotional engagement. Yeah. If I don't hear them and I still enjoy, that's all that I care. But not right. everybody feels confident to even laugh out loud. But my intention is for them to be entertained, is for them to feel touched or feel humor or whatever. Sure. Uh, uh, for you observing, because you've been both the new person in a – I mean, we've all been the new person in a, in a level one class or level two <laughs> class. And now we've kind of – you've kind of circled around where you've got a ton of experience going back to a training program. From your observation, what is people's biggest hurdles when it comes to improvising? What do you think that you notice other people struggle with, tend to struggle with the most, or the most common thing people struggle with? Oh, God. Oh. I mean, there is there is a level of just like, um, oh, 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 okay. Um, listening. <laughs> listening and being present. Yeah. Um, when you're first starting out, and like I still catch myself, um, what I see so much is people stuck in their heads. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're learning new tools, so you're going to get a little bit heady. But um, listening and responding to what is said and what's actually happening in the moment 
um, I don't see that a lot mm-hmm. um, with very beginners. Um, and and like part of that also, then there's lots of questions. There's mm-hmm. lots of teaching because or there's there's um, these I don't know habits that we fall into. Um, because we're not confident when we're not um, listening and trying to play off of what's there. We're mm-hmm. trying to create things and, uh, yeah. Uh, Dig it. There's, I don't know what to say with that, but listening. I love it. No, great. Because, like, uh, it kind of leads into my next question because we, cause we've probably both seen this too. Like, where we'll see someone who, like, like I, I for sure saw this at my level one where, Someone was just there for like an acting for like for like acting or whatever. That's a lot and of then, UCB. Yeah, but then they stick through the program the entire time, and they end up spending like however much money it is to do a you know training program. Yeah. Um, what is it about? Because I've seen it happen with some actors. I've seen it happen with stand up comedians with stand up and actors with acting. But like I've never seen improv or I've never seen an art like improv get its hooks into people as fast or as many people as it is with than any other art form. Maybe I, that's because that's my worldview. But uh, what is it about improv that gets its hooks into people so like aggressively and so fast? Like, um, because <laughs> I think a lot is you're just allowed to be anything. You're allowed to be goofy, and also um, with that, you're not. You tend to not get no's mm-hmm. and rejection unless it's like a saying yes to the character th- part. But, yeah. uh, saying no is saying yes. Uh, but you're not getting no's. You're being like fully yesed, and it feels so good to be so accepted and getting yes for doing whatever you want. And in life, you get no's all the time. But here, playing, um, playing on stage, playing in class, it's a lot of yes. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're not being told you're wrong all the time. You're yeah. not being told you're not being rejected. You're not being like no. That's not the idea. We're doing this, unless you're a beginner. Um, <laughs> For sure. But but you're allowed to just play, and we don't get a lot of play as humans um, out in the real world. Mm-hmm. I dig that. Uh, kind of going circling back a little bit, but uh, and you might have honestly answered this question, but like, does the art of improv itself, you know, uh, whatever whatever form, style, belief system it is. Like is the is the art itself? Does that serve the artist more, or is the artist serving the art more? And I guess if we need a second part of that question, is is that wrong? Is one of those right? Should should it be one or the other? Does it matter? I mean, I know it doesn't matter. I'm an insane person thinking about these questions. But uh, does the art serve the artist, or does the artist serve the art more at this juncture, at least? Oh, I. This is what I like to think i don't know if it's always the case but i think the art serves the artist um and this is just based off of like india (laughs) and no i love it and the philosophy i I learned in india and like being present and i feel like this art is serving the artist because we're learning to listen to each other more Mm. we're learning to say yes and be open to something we're learning to allow someone's idea and also grow with it or like create something on top of that um and so with that uh, we're like more accepting of people and their ideas i think and that creates (laughs) a better world yeah yeah 
I uh, I guess this because like whenever I think about the question, the word serve always sticks out in my brain because I think that could lead to maybe toxic like toxic stuff in terms of like it's serving us or whatever or we're serving it because I, I don't want to use the word uses because. I, I mean, I think as artists, we use the art, you know, for either expression or for uh, even to further your yeah. career or like whatever. But like, because I, I just think about like, like which which one of us is the is here we go fucking strap in in art versus artists. Which one of us is the god and which one of us is the people who worship it? Or is it one of them is the god and one and that that god is like serving us as like its followers or its acolytes or whatever? Oh. I only zoned out just a little bit because I got stuck in my head and wasn't listening and wasn't being present. Perfect. <laughs> cool. Because um, what I asked but, was in what an insane person would ask with tinfoil hat on his head. So like, yeah. um, uh, I'm I'm just gonna take a couple steps back and um, and this is possibly not answering what you just asked, but we also serve the art by bringing in our whole life experience, right? Um, and so it, it's you're getting both both sides, but like the art is serving the art form is serving us in the ways that I had said, but also we're opening up to uh, all these new ideas too. Yeah, with someone serving the art by bringing in their life experience. Exactly. Um, and so we end up worshiping this mm-hmm. i think because you're like getting to experience more of the world yeah if if that makes sense no for sure like it totally totally makes sense and uh fucking this cult shit that we do is improv uh like there's so <laughs> many jokes about like i don't know if you ever watched bojack horseman but they have like the whole <laughs> second season like there's a subplot about like todd who's like one of the main characters joins a cult and the cult turns out to be improv and like oh my god i only watched the first season uh well it's uh so that's like a subplot of season two there's the comedy sports thing of like like chanting we are not a cult like (laughs) and then i just asked like hey which one of us is the god in this like is it the uh, is it improv or is it the performers like Uh, yeah which one of us is the god i i think (laughs) oh I think the the creation. I don't know. <laughs> the journey is the god. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, bringing it right back. <laughs> the synergy, journey. baby. Yeah. Um, that that feeling. Uh, that like the play. The journey you're going is. Yeah, for sure. That's God. As we are, because because like the, you're coming from a perspective that's pretty interesting. Because like so many of us started this in high school. So many of us started this like you know whatever, and like then. You came from this already doing acting and stuff like that. So, like, yeah. so, th- so this question for you is: as an art form, where are we in its like lifespan? Are we barely scratching the surface of improv? Are we mm. like halfway through it? Are we are we towards the end as far as improv can go? Like, where where are we as an art as a collection of artists? <laughs> We're middle aged. Middle aged. I like that. Yeah, I feel like we are. I mean, I feel like possibly we're having that, like, I don't know, the crisis you have around, um, <laughs> I have no idea. I was going to say, like, 50 years old, but I don't think that's the case anymore. Mm. Um, but I feel like we, 
you have all of these greats. You have like the the it was birthed, and then this full on excitement and the teenage years. And uh, I feel like it's it's so saturated. There's so much. There's so many. In I I feel like you've gone from oh, Adam and Eve, and now you have a seven billion. Um, yeah. Uh, people on the planet yeah. and, and i don't all within six thousand years you know that's that's the crazy part and <laughs> humans hung out with dinosaurs this is getting fucking <laughs> real cool oh god um these don't... are real things i believe <laughs> you can tell because i said those words well maybe formerly believed i mean i don't uh, yeah, I don't mean. Oh no, the planet's bi- millions of years old. That's for for damn sure. Like, I didn't formally believe that. I always had conflicts, but I was taught. Uh, we're so whatever. <laughs> fuck it. I already brought up God. Um, in se- in like uh, eighth grade, I went to Christian school of, like my entire life, and they were like, "Yeah, the planet's six thousand years old, and Noah's flood, all that water. Gee, listen to this. Where it all went is it went into the Grand Canyon. That's why it's so deep for the world only being six thousand years old. Oh, just." Uh... Real world, even as an eighth grader, I was like, that feels like bullshit. Who allows those people to teach? Who who allows Christian schools, baby? My chemistry teacher only had an AA. He had only an associate's degree. I I just, I, I don't understand how that actually happens. How there's no standard, I guess. Well, at least with like a public school, you need a five-year, you know, master, not a master's degree, but you need like a four-year degree yeah. and then a year of teaching or whatever. I don't know how you become a teacher, but at the very <laughs> least that happens and you are given what to teach. Whereas a Christian school, from my understanding, was the, he was allowed to teach whatever he wanted. He was also the science teacher. Whoa. He was a Bible teacher and the science teacher. Whoa. Every year you have to take a cl- Bible class. Yeah. <sighs> It's like amazing. I'm like I'm really fucking weird and like uh, um, an and the person. best kind of weird. Yeah, it's amazing that I'm not a sociopath. Like when oh I look b- look back at all the shit that was taught to me throughout all my years. I just want to congratulate you and uh-huh. like really celebrate you for breaking free from it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I have friends who haven't. Like I remember telling my friend who was like he like we go out drinking. So like I feel like he was very worldly, you know. And like I was like, yeah. can you believe they taught us? He's like. Yeah, I mean that's what what I think happened, and I was like, Holy I gotta go. Cow, I was already, go. Uh, yeah. The problem was is I was not sober, so I couldn't just like immediately get up and like drive away. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh okay. Anywho, back to sports. Like I pointed to like literally anything because I was like, I don't, don't know. talk about it. Don't talk about yeah. it. Um, um, yeah. Cool. Now that we're completely off track, let's get okay. right back on. Yeah, right back on. Uh, uh, so if, if we, if that's where we are, what is going to be the catalyst for change or growth? Not change. Sorry. What's going to be the catalyst for growth? Because, like, I remember asking uh, some folks about that when it came to iOS was, did iOS need to shut down in order for new things to pop up? I mean, it's a it's a heartbreaking thing with iOS shutting down, but that could have been a – and it has been a catalyst for change and growth. Yeah. From that grew Revolutionary Theater and, like, all these other people. It caused us to go to MI Westside. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. Joey Shope is in my life. Yeah. Um, and and, he, I, and I, I will say – I that's like even if that's all yeah. that's enough. Yeah. Um yeah, it had to happen. Um for growth. I feel like there's uh, yeah, there's so much static, but that's just because I feel like every I don't know, what needs to happen for more growth. This has allowed 
even people that got complacent or got comfortable Mm -hmm. to expand and like see more improv you're seeing teams you've never seen before you're playing in places you've never played played before but with that those people are also seeing some talented people that wouldn't Mm -hmm. adventure or wouldn't venture out from io um uh, but how do we grow from here god if i knew that answer yeah um <laughs> I, d- I don't know yeah and sometimes you just don't know these well, things which again it's totally fine because like because like that my struggle with improv has always been there's no unit of measurement there's no like yardstick yeah. there's no like decimal i can put to, like i don't have like a thing that i could measure improv with there's no because which is probably better that there's not because it is an art form it's something that we can't really compare it to really there's like like i can tell you if someone's a good actor on stage based on how they improvise because i totally Mm. feel like i believe their character or whatever i can tell you someone's a great writer because some of the things they say are really funny maybe but like totally but i can't really but even then you can only compare it so far you know what i mean like it's hard to know because I think about this all the time, but like how quickly we'll judge somebody as improvisers on somebody's ability to not make up stuff correctly. <laughs> like every shitty improviser we've ever seen is just someone who didn't make up something correctly. And like, it really <laughs> like fucking made me like sit down and go like, I should stop being as judgmental as I am. I haven't changed, but I, I had the thought at least. <laughs> so that's, par- that's partial credit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I'm great at making things up. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I am, but when I tune into like what is present and, and listen and respond, I feel like I'm much better. Um, well, I mean, but even then in your response is not, I mean, literally everything is made up because your response isn't prepared. You don't like, yeah, in this first scene, I'm going to be sad. Like, you know, you don't have that loaded in like, yeah. I, you know, we're improvising every day in our lives, but when we get stuck in our, in our heads, and this goes for even our communication in lives, if we're stuck up in our heads, we're not communicating mm-hmm. uh, properly, even in our regular lives. So, um, yeah, huh. I could be, I could, I could stop being so judgmental. I have to like. This was not a call out for you. I'm saying this was a call out for me. Like in my mm-hmm. brand, I know I, I'm the one who needs to change. Like I've never genuinely felt that way about you. Like, and I'm not just saying that cause you're in my pocket, but like, but it's not no, just you. There's a lot of toxic people or like a lot of toxicity when it comes to like performance because we're fragile and we're egotists and we're like, you know, and we're, we just have this need of validation and being better than sure. others, um, which would come with any art form. Sure. Painting, acting. Yeah. And uh, it's hard for me to watch a lot of improv in L.A., um, though I, I – I, compassion is a big thing in my life and I try attempt to have compassion but there are many improv shows that I sit through that I'm like I have to take deep breaths mm-hmm. and like just have compassion and then I don't know where these people trained I don't know what their background is but I can see a lot of their flaws and so I'm not looking with full childlike eyes mm-hmm a lot of the time and that's that's tough but i also try to breathe deep and have compassion for where they are in their journey because god knows i've had a lot of crap shows for sure um and i know that i still still am not satisfied with a lot of my shows but mm-hmm. that inspires me to continue to grow mm-hmm. and i just want to work with people i i want to be able to play with everybody yes but i want to work with people that will allow me to stretch 
into masterful tool mm-hmm. handling, working, you know. For sure. Totally understand. Um, we'll wrap up with this last question. It might be a two-part question, but it might, the answer might be the same. So that's why I asked both parts of it. For you, what has been uh, the hardest uh, note and the best note? And I want to talk about those a little bit. When I say hardest note, I don't mean like the meanest note you've ever gotten, but rather what was the hardest thing to overcome for you? In terms of like, and you got feedback on like whether it was listening, uh, emotional, or whatever. Like, what was the hardest thing for you to implement? And then best was what was the most eye-opening, most uh, most game-changing feedback that you've received? Um, so I feel like something I still struggle with that I'm getting better is like all the de- okay. So uh getting all the details out like towards the top being mm-hmm. super specific i'm like organic and discover as you go yeah. um but the, ho- the it's really still a challenge for me to uh get specifics out and get them all out up top um and an eye opening um an eye opening and has like changed the game for me is coming in with a total like point of view mm. that's like already having a point of view, then I know that I already have something. Um, Coming in with, like, um, with that creates so much more. I'm not starting with nothing at the beginning of a scene, but starting in the middle of a scene because I already have a point of view. I already have this attitude or uh, a demeanor coming in. um, And that allows for the much more, I guess, masterful play. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't by no means call myself a master. Right. Dig it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Lish, thank you so much for coming down and being on. This has been an amazing... Can I shake your hand? Yeah. <laughs> She's doing it too, folks. <laughs> she didn't just extend it. I went, no, I'd actually... And then we're going for two. All right. Uh, so this has been a really, really fun and amazing uh, uh, episode for me, at least. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And if you need to raise funds uh, for this podcast, I can ask my family if they could sell a cow. <laughs> yeah, could uh, we have a we have a GoFundMe, but just for cows, like so, like you can donate one cow, you can donate two. Yeah. Uh, we have a Patreon for cows. You can oh. donate a cow a month or half a cow every month. Or- yeah. What's sad is a lot of times selling the cow is literally selling it to a butcher shop. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm vegetarian. Oh, <laughs> that cow still had to die for you to be in your beauty. It's like a fucking Tennessee Williams play, dude. What the fuck, man? I wasn't vegetarian when I was in the pageant. Okay, good. Um, but I'm, I'm, I don't know how I feel about selling a cow now. <laughs> Amazing. So, Lich, again, we can catch her uh, on uh, every other Friday at Revolution Theater. You can catch her team uh, every other Thursday at Improv Orphanage. Um, definitely check her out. She's great. Going to be a future star of my West Side, too. Oh, uh, so you can, will you, Joey. Sure. So will you. Uh, if you can try time travel, you can catch us today at 1.30. Uh, <laughs> Liz comes out Wednesday. Uh, so, Lich, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me, Joey. This is truly special. Awesome. I'm so happy. Cool, thank you. I want to thank you guys at home for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, This has been a great episode. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. Bye. This has been a Don't Look Down production. Join the journey with Joey on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at JourneymanPod. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash don'tlookdownproductions.